Welcome to the Decent People Podcast, a production of Decentral Media, where we're committed to telling the stories of the founders, builders, and visionaries who are creating a new decentralized economy and internet experience. You guys know it as Web3 or blockchain, but we're going to bring you the smartest and most interesting people in the space for intimate conversations that reveal their background, how they got into crypto in the first place, and what they're doing today to make a decentralized future a reality. Thanks so much for joining us, and check out our site at Decentral.io. Now, to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Decent People Podcast by Decentral Media. I'm your host, Stephen Ladden. This week, we're joined by visual artist and director of engineering at Artblocks, Aaron Penne. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Happy to be here. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, happy to be here as well. And, you know, really uh, excited to, to learn more about you and your journey uh, from from art and how that moved into uh, the what we're experiencing now. Uh, you could say the, the future of art in some ways with with crypto and NFTs and all that stuff. So um, maybe to just take it back growing up, were you always fascinated by art? Was that uh, a driving passion? How did you get into the world? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was something I did when I was a kid. Uh, I took some art classes, drawing for fun, young kid stuff, like, you know, younger than 10. Um, I took poetry pretty seriously when I was in college and was sketching and uh, actually found my old Google sites from 2010 the other day. And it's incredibly embarrassing, but it's got some artwork and some poetry and all that from, you know, 12 years ago. Uh, so I've always been interested in it. Uh, I was focusing more on writing and um, was going to go to school for English and met my um, girlfriend at the time, now uh, partner in crime and wife, uh, and decided I needed to get a real job. And so I switched my focus from English over to engineering, where I, uh, electrical engineering, where I could uh, make some actual money and support, you know, that whole lifestyle. So I kind of left the creative passion behind for a couple of years, got deep into hardware and software, um, pivoted my career into data stuff after a couple of years doing electrical engineering and found some creative expression in that making data visualizations. And it kind of clicked. I was able to use my programming skills that I've developed over, you know, five years of all this, you know, grad school and all these projects and first couple of years of my career and apply it in a creative way um, with creative coding. And, and once I was able to do that, it was like, instead of having to spend years learning how to paint and expressing myself that way or spending years learning how to play piano and expressing myself that way, I was doing both at the time. and was pretty uh, middling at those, but I was good at coding. And so I was able to take my visual desires and immediately access them with uh, code. So. That's kind of how I got into it. So I guess I always kind of had this creative uh, force inside of me, left it behind for some time and was able to pull it back out through my technical experience. Very fortunate in and, that way. Yeah. And and so would you say in that respect that, I mean, could it, could it be said that coding is, an, is, in, is itself a form of art? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's um, one of the people that's been the most influential uh, for me is a mentor I had um goes by the handle of empty monkey and they are like very low level linux um hacker type 
person and they like really grok things at a low level and they kind of impress that upon me and uh, they treat writing code as sort of a meditation um, they treat it like sort of poetry which I was very into you know before that so that was sort of the first kind of unlock I think the first like door that opened was having someone who treated the act of coding and understanding algorithms and working through things at a low level uh, treating that as a creative practice and as something that should be like a craft uh, that was really powerful and, and shaped the way that I approach creating projects definitely mm. awesome awesome so when you say you kind of got back into uh, the art after having more of a I call it a uh, for lack of a better term traditional job um, mm -hmm. you never really left the art in some ways if if engineering right. was you know because because you're still honing the craft for just perhaps in a different way yeah absolutely i was thinking about that uh, a couple weeks ago actually i was talking to one of my old friends who was on this robotics team that i was on we did like uh, a robotic submarine competition uh, sort of thing in, in college and looking back on it i realized that was like a very creative kind of time right we're solving these problems we're you know what we're doing we're figuring it out um you know i'm writing code and the thing is blinking or moving the way that i ask it to so I'm getting that sort of feedback right away i think having that direct output of i gave instructions the thing did what i wanted to and it's fun right it's like a submarine doing a race that's, that's fun and exciting i think that um was also like a creative outlet so even though i didn't realize it at the time i think that those two things were happening hand in hand yeah awesome 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 so when when you focused more started to focus back more on the art was there a was there a point at which you realized hang on wait a minute maybe maybe this is actually not only going to be just something that i love that's uh, you know something that, I, that i'm doing uh continuously but but now this can actually be providing sustenance and kind of converting the energy that you were putting into the engineering job now it's you know going full time into the art and you're getting essentially the same uh return in order to right you know right move forward uh well i haven't gone full time into art it's still something i do at night on on the side in my spare moments but um it's that way for me by design uh, a lot of folks when the whole like you know nft explosion happened they're like oh you're going to do art full time and i don't think i could do it full time at, at this point in my life i need the clean code logical challenge of an engineer building an engineering team and solving problems stated you know day-to-day -day engineering problems writing clean code writing documentation writing tests i need that structure in order to rebel against it in my creative practice i think so I feel this, if I didn't have the day job where I'm writing good code, I wouldn't feel the need to write a bunch of crappy code where I can create some artwork out of it. So it, for me, it's sort of this push and pull that's necessary to keep the wheels moving on both sides, right? And I benefit, of course, in my creative practice from having code experience from work and, and my work benefits from having new uh, mental pathways, new problem solving techniques that I explore in my creative practice. So they, they feed off of each other in that way. So that's why I don't don't think I'll be doing work um, or art full time. 
Um, but yeah, the, I I didn't find a point necessarily where I was like, oh, it's a sustenance. It's more like a point where I was like, I'm going to take this very seriously and treat it like a craft. I, I just always had that kind of perfectionist inclination when I was, um, you know, my college job was as a barista and we were doing, you know, the latte art and stuff. Instead of just like doing it for fun, I took it like very seriously and I practiced gallons and gallons of milk daily, just practicing, get there at 4 a.m. practice. We started hosting like latte art competitions. So I mean, any little like out creative outlet like that, I always took it very seriously. Um, we and Instead of just like writing poetry for fun, we made a group of friends and uh, created a little scene in San Diego where I was living at the time of local coffee shop poetry reads and organized events around it. So anytime I'm doing these creative outlets, I, I put a lot of thought and intention around it. And creative coding was no different. I, I studied the people who came before me in the space and, you know, learned about the, the founders of this computer-based gen, uh, generative art form and the folks that were practicing it in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And, just like fed off of it, practiced my own work and started connecting with other people that were doing the same thing at the time, you know, five years ago, whatever it was, it was all very like social media focused. We're sharing stuff on Reddit or Instagram or uh, other places like that. And finding that community, I think is what really made me think, oh, this is something I want to spend a lot of time in. I have this kind of weird niche uh, desire and excitement. And there's people all over the world that happen to share that same thing. Maybe there's 50 of them that I knew at the time, right? It's a small group. Um, but I was able to make this kind of like really deep personal connection. And so that for me, that is what got me excited. It's like the community aspect. People always say like, oh, we're in this for the community. But that's, that truly is what got me hooked into doing generative art as a craft was being able to talk with folks who had the same super specific, weird skill and desire to hone that skill into a craft does the community help kind of balance both call it them extremes you know is, is are they other people too that are in a similar situation where art is on one end of their say day to day and and there's a, also this other side too like how do, how does how i guess two questions how is how is how important is the community to your creation of art and does it influence it in any way? Yeah, I would say, I would say very important. Um, one, because it, it made me feel that I wasn't such a weirdo trying to make interesting images with my computer. Oh, it turns out there's a whole, a whole space of people that do this. There's a whole lineage of art history that this is part of. So I, I'm not like by myself, uh, you know, doing something in a, in a vacuum. I'm actually part of this like, huge conversation globally it's been happening for 60 years or no longer right so that is critical to to keeping the the passion going keeping the fire going it's it's one thing to be excited about your own little uh, output but it's a whole other thing to see that in context of all these all those other people and all this other work over time um also from a more practical standpoint talking to folks who were also in school also had jobs also had kids or also had um, this generative art passion, talking to those folks and being like, oh my gosh, it's like 2 a.m. I'm chatting on the phone with Caleb Og and talking about our engineering jobs and how we're trying to figure out like how to do uh, some color selection and some creative algorithms. So we are both for balancing those worlds. And that's just like one example of a lot of people that I've talked to that had the same same kind of existence that I did. So it makes you feel very like um, 
comfortable, I guess, and like like welcome and like a it gives you even a footing to continue the weird explorations that that you're doing or that I was doing, right? So it was it was very very huge to me. These these people that I, um, I was talking to at the time, we ended up I ended up forming a club with them. I was having all these like siloed conversations with these different generative artists of my kind of um, you know similar type of artist, social media forward, engineering background, maybe art background, whatever, but in the same kind of space. And so I made a, a Slack group where the 50, 60 of us could chat. And now it's, that was, you know, 2019 or something like that. And now there's 400 people and it's like all the movers and shakers in the, in the generative art space that have become well-known with the NFT um, explosion. And it's it's been really powerful to have that core group and have like a home base where we can talk about mental health, we can talk about pricing our work, we can talk about uh, how to, you know, inter, you know, interpolate between colors and different color spaces and get technical. So it's a really, really important sort of centering uh, role that the community, that the community of other artists plays. I'd say it's mm. critical. In, in terms of the digital art, visual art, how did all of this kind of manifest with art blocks? I talked to Eric uh, Snowfro, I think 2019 timeframe, uh, about doing a different project for a different company he owned. Uh, he ran a tile business, maybe store runs in the tile business. Um, and he saw some of my work on Reddit and reached out and was like, oh, cool stuff. I have this idea. I want to make generative pebbles on some tiles. I think your work would go well. So we talked about doing like a commission commercial kind of work. Uh, and he, at some point, he was like, oh, also, I have this idea for a website where, you know, you can have these generative artworks. And so it, it, after some time, some discussion, you know, falling in and out of contact over some time, uh, it just kind of, you know, rolled into place. I, I'm part of this community of generative artists. There's this new cool thing. One of our members, uh, Dimitri Cherniak, who's uh, uh, amazing friend and and artist in the space. Uh, he's very giving with his uh, time and information. Anyways, at the time he was setting up ringers, one of the uh, first kind of like uh, dominoes that kicked off the whole generative art thing. And he messaged into our little group and said, like, oh, hey, I'm doing this thing with um, this new group art blogs and you guys can share about it. And so all of us were like, oh, this is actually happening. We kind of talked about it, but now it's actually happening. Let's see how it goes. And it went really well. Obviously, he sold out in the same day. So all of us were like, oh, okay, we're paying attention now. And <laughs> so start looking and uh, taking it more seriously, talking to Eric, kind of looking into technology uh, and understanding what it meant. And so at the time, I was kind of wanted to keep the crypto concept like at arm's length. I didn't really understand it or care to it at the time. Uh, I mean, before that. And then once once um, ringers happened and I started talking to Eric a little more deeply, um, it like clicked in such a huge way. It's like this thing that I've been doing for years and, you know, it's part of this huge long lineage of amazing folks is now like unlocked in a whole different way because you're always trying to share the code that you write, right? The code itself, uh, I view as the artwork as well as the visual output, right? It's like the same kind of package. And I want to share this code base that has this like infinite parameter space, these infinite outputs. I want to I want to share and sell my system that I've created. But at the time, all I can really do is 
share a single output on social media, sell it in some gallery, sell a print to someone who reached out to me directly. So it's a very limiting kind of uh, world where I have this infinite system that has all these cool things, but I can only share a handful of outputs. And there were many times where I sell a print, someone loses the print, I lose the code, right? I, I change the code and forget to you know, do a git commit. Uh, that this blockchain on-chain generative art technology that uh, our books came up with or you know, expanded on changes the whole game. It, it just clicked so perfectly. And I had been um, using my, uh, in my artwork, I had been using hashes to inform the outputs for some time as like a Christmas gift uh, in 2018 or time, 2018, 2019, I used my family's names as the input to a hash function to use the hash as the input for some like butterfly NFT outputs that I gave as Christmas gifts for, for everybody. So this concept of using the hash as the input to drive the, the system was already part of my workflow. And so when I say it clicked like in a big way, it really, really did it on a lot of levels. So I got involved creating artwork through art blocks, developing a relationship with the team, you know, meeting some of these folks in, in person and just deepening relationships. Um, I was working at AWS at Amazon for a couple of years at the time. I was a senior data engineer running a little team of uh, data engineers and business analysts and uh, building backend systems and front end reports for our sales organization for AWS, which is really cool technical work, but it kind of had, you know, a, it's sales for cloud company. It didn't have as fulfilling of, uh, of the outcome. Like the, the meaning for, for me personally was a little stagnant. And so uh, there's this opportunity to grow our blocks and um, it was just a really kismet um, fitting of my professional skill set and experience. I've been doing it for so many years and the relationships that I built and my passion as an artist and sort of a representative of that community in this space. So I feel like sometimes I feel like an insider at our blocks, like representing the voice of the artist trying to push things in the, in, in the artist's favor. And so anyway, it, it just, uh, you know, the opportunity knocked and I was ready for it because it fit the things that I've been doing for five, six years. Awesome. 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 So it's like also too, then you were uniquely positioned. Yeah. I, I love how I love how you're saying how that all fits. Um, so, so in many ways, it was just more of an evolution of what you were already doing, and sort of a transition to a, a, another, uh, not completely new system, but but the transition wasn't completely, it, it wasn't as crazy of a leap as it may have been for some other folks. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I'm also very conservative, like. Uh, with financial decisions with uh, physical risk. I'm just like, I'm very conservative. I'm kind of shy sometimes. And uh, if I'm going to make a big decision that changes the course of my life, my family's life, uh, I, I take it very seriously and put a lot of thought into it. I had done several career pivots up to that point. So I had, I went from electric, you know, from English, from writing into electrical engineering from electrical engineering into like biomedical specific electrical engineering, which is a different kind of flavor from that into more software and data engineering. And from that into some like leadership elements. So I, I had done very distinct career pivots before. So I sort of had um, experience and done what my threshold was, I guess, for risk and identifying what I thought was um, smart or dumb, I suppose. And, and so the idea of leaving my um, fang job and going to a small art technology startup in the crypto space definitely uh 
gave me some pause, right? It wasn't something that I did immediately. I, I made a huge list of all the possible things that needed to be, all the risks needed to be mitigated in order to, to make that change. And all of them were, were more than mitigated. And there's something I think special, I mentioned meaning um, for, for getting meaning out of your work, but at the time it was so hard to focus on my Amazon job because the art is just, you know, so, so there's so much there to share with the world. I have so much artwork to share, but also conversation, right? I mean, uh, Discord way too much, you know, all these, all these other things. So I wanted to, to make sure I was bringing my full self to whatever I was doing. And um, I see a therapist in half for the past couple of years. I think everybody should, if the, if the means are, uh, if they are there for you, it's incredible to kind of get better about knowing yourself, right? I hate the phrase know yourself because it's like hoisting you know yourself. No, it's like putting in work to understand yourself over time. And so I've, I've been trying to do that for, for a couple of years. It's really powerful. One of those uh, things is thinking about how these big changes like affects affects me and how I can be more authentic in each scenario, each setting. So at the time I was kind of turning on and off modes of operation. I was in Amazon, very professional, very, you know, uh, curt kind of style of operating. And then that night I would go into artist mode and have like a whole different thought process and interaction with the world. And I wanted to have like one kind of authentic experience across the board. And so moving into um, art blocks is the perfect way to do that, right? If I, if I had all the freedom in the world to pick whatever job I wanted, it would be something to do with creativity and something to enable others to express their creativity and still provide some technical interesting challenge. Uh, like I said earlier, I sort of need those two sides to kind of bounce off each other and create a little perpetual motion machine. And so uh, this uh, as corny as it is, intersection of art and technology that our books is, uh, does that perfectly. And so I felt like a very strong uh, resonance with it. And so for me, it, I knew honestly right away when I started talking to Eric about like fully transitioning into a full-time job. So I was talking about like doing some consulting or part-time stuff. When we started talking full-time, it just made sense. I was like, yeah, that's what I should do. And that would combine all the pieces of my sort of uh, existence that I really cared about into one uh, into one role and I would be able to give a lot to it and not feel drained, right? And I would be able to empower the people that I befriended over all these years as an artist and as a member of this new crypto community, all these other places, there's all these people now that are looking for tools, looking for ways to find success, looking for ways to express themselves, looking for ways to get involved and Artbox is building those and providing that for all these people. And so by joining um, the team, I was able, I'm able to help accelerate that hope onboard more artists hope spread the word of generative art and really i think help shape where this medium is going that's exciting yeah that's really exciting and, and i love how it's again as you mentioned the the intersection of both or all of, of the things that interest you and and now kind of it's culminating in this in this uh role and 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 you're getting to do all those different things and love the piece too of getting to know yourself because from that place then you know you're you're uh minimizing the frustrations of what you're 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 maximizing the enjoyment of what you're doing because you're pointing yourself in the direction of what drives you and i think a lot of people uh 
hopefully sure. can can kind of yeah take take that nugget and uh run with it in whatever way their ship uh points and in terms of pointing ships and, and the future of of uh you know the 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 art that we're talking about what's next for, for art blocks for yourself what can we expect to see uh, on the horizon here yeah um i've been on parental leave for the past month so i can't say exactly what's next for our blogs. I had a new baby a month ago. It's very exciting and totally life-changing, uh, but in a good way, in a very good way. Um, what's, so our blogs has, we had a lot of really cool things coming and we were tightening uh, things across the board and trying to improve the user experience, really doing a, a lot of heavy work around incorporating user input. Uh, like me personally, I reached out to all these different um, core groups, uh, Grailers, Dow, a bunch of, you know, collectors that I cared about, artists that I'm friends with, and all these, all these different people to really try and understand what um, art blocks can do to improve. I, I'm always in a state of iteration personally, but also like to bring that to any, you know, company I'm working for, and that's part of our blocks' core, um, you know, drive is to iterate and, and become and be the, the best place for generative artists to sell their work. So everything that, that we do is towards that initiative and there's a lot of cool things uh different contract improvements different front end improvements um a lot of initiatives for example partnering with um, pace gallery which is one of the most powerful galleries in the world um to bring generative artists crypto native artwork into the traditional space uh, is really powerful so a lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff there um for me personally i've been actually um almost more productive since i've had the whole pregnancy, uh, kid, uh, life-changing events happening because I'm able to cut out a lot of the things that I don't care about, I guess. And this is some some advice I got from some dear uh, artist friends who were in like similar places, what I mean about the community. I'm able to reach out to, you know, two, three, four artists who are my age. They have my tech experience. They have a young kid. They're, they're full-time artists. I'm able to talk to people who have this super specific, really weird combination of things and be like, okay, how the hell do you survive having a job, having a kid, being an artist, you know, all these things that are really important to you. And I got some really good advice, but the main thing that's happened is I've been able to forego things that I don't care about that I spent a lot of time on beforehand, right? Um, tasks or, you know, relationships that maybe aren't as healthy or, scrolling twitter for you know four hours in a day you know those kind of things i'm able to not do because i don't have any time in the day to do them so i'm able to focus very much on, on what i want to do which is creating artwork and being present with my family of course first and foremost but creating artwork and interacting with um with collectors and artists i think that's the best part of the nft space is you have this direct connection with these people and so much good comes from comes from that i think but anyways long story short for me personally i've been working on some one of ones uh sort of a loosely connected series of primary color uh explorations uh, that are a lot of fun these sort of like kind of um i like to call them painterly although they're not painterly at all they're they're sort of a from a distance they look like they're you know human like handmade and then up close you can see very clearly the digital artifacts the theme i've explored um in some recent one of ones and in the within without project I explored explicitly. Uh, so I have, a, I have a whole bunch of these that I've made over the past couple of months that I'll start minting and, and selling and creating some story around. Um, I have several ideas for some fun collaborations in 
the future that I want to do. Um, Beretta, who I worked with um, on Rituals, which was the audio-visual um, project. He did the audio side and did the visual side, and I coded it up with the help of Counterpoint Studios. We want to do something else during that project. We came up with um, a dozen, I think, very cool ideas for future work. So exploring that is definitely something that I have uh, simmering and coming up all the time. I have some ideas that I want to put together with people like Steve Klebanoff to get to have some cool ideas with some blockchain art, be a little more uh, playful, I think, with the smart contract as a medium. So, uh, and those are just like off the top. I have too many uh, things burning. I need, I need to put some of them aside. But anyways, it's, that's part of the exciting part about being in this unique position that I am in the space is that I'm able to let the electricity of these ideas kind of buzz and let it happen because it's not impossible to make them come to life, right? I'm able to have some weird idea, talk to the people that are interested in this weird idea and, and make it happen. And it's absolutely fulfilling and very exciting. So that's, that's what I'm going to be starting to play with more of these kind of focused one-on-ones, more collaborations, potentially uh, also have an art box project that's been like uh, simmering for some time. So yeah, too much stuff coming. That's, that's great though. And, and, and I, again, I love how it's all, it all comes back to, what you were saying in terms of uh, kind of uh, axing the things in your life that that aren't serving these ultimate purposes, and, and it kind of gives more clarity and more energy uh, for to you and for you for for the purpose of what we we just mentioned. You know, all all the new things that you plan to iterate on and uh, and build. Right. And what's also cool is it's taking a crazy wacky idea and the fact that I think other people are on board with it doesn't make it that wacky, you know, it, 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 in, in, in <laughs> right, concept right. It, it can be, but it's, it, it validates that, Hey, this out of the box thought or, or concept is actually something that resonates. So that's also really, really cool to hear. Um, One of the, you know, I've got to share, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't. Currently I have um, artwork showing at the Seattle NFT museum, which is a, new establishment they are doing an exhibition right now um, called artists in the machine and i have uh, five artworks in it I've got a whole wall and it's next to zach lieberman and manolo and young weekend and lisa he uh, artwork so big generative focus which is really exciting um but one of them is within without a project that i did recently a long form project to use the term um and i did a weird idea a cool idea i think of letting holders of that project remote control what is being displayed in the museum. And so if you're a holder of within the of this project, you can go to this website that I made, prove that you own the artwork, and then you can create an out-of-band artwork from that algorithm. So you type in your name or a phrase or whatever, and it hashes it. And that is that updates when you send it, it updates the display in the museum. So someone will be sitting there looking at the artwork in person. You know, someone in Europe will log in, change it, and the display will change in front of the person in Seattle. And I think that was really fun to give the collectors a way to interact with the physical space in this kind of like digital world. And I'll be displaying that same um, interactive installation at the Seattle Art Museum, not the NFT Museum, but the proper Seattle Art Museum. Uh, this weekend, they're having an event with a lot of interactive installations. And so, I'll be able to share this uh, on-chain generative NFT uh, project that has this interactive element to have some play with it to 
a whole, you know, hundreds of people that are going to be coming to this event that maybe you've never heard of on-chain generative artwork. Maybe they've never heard of, or maybe they hate NFTs, and so I'll have this opportunity to um, kind of have some play with them. Like, use it as an educational tool. Here's a cool uh, visual. You get to type your name in and change it. Oh, by the way, it's an NFT, and by the way, it's you know all these things. And so I think it, it's that's something that I'm really passionate about is like educating and onboarding. There's a lot of you know, you know, headlines and, and things about the space, but really when it comes down to it, it's about, at least in, in this microcosm of um, on-chain generative artwork or just NFT artwork in general, about empowering artists, empowering collectors and building something new and, um, you know, world changing as far as, you know, royalties, as far as provenance and artist uh, independence and all these sorts. So I think, educating uh these museum goers is going to be a, a lot of fun and i want to do more of that i'm going to do a, a panel at the seattle art fair and you know these other uh nft and art focused event or excuse me not nft but art focused events traditional artwork focused events and sort of sneak into those and spread the good word of generative art so basically i'm trying to break down or i'm going to break down it's so aggressive i want to step through these doors and bring my collectors with me into these new spaces right try and share this work and hopefully by doing that i'm able to allow or enable other artists to feel confident and comfortable to do the same so that's something I'm, i feel really strongly about that's awesome that's awesome and and excited to see where you know first and foremost congrats on on the seattle museum and and everything there and um well, it's really cool to it adds another inter element of interactivity to art that that uh, you know you you, you kind of start to thought spiral on that, and it's kind of the sky's the limit as to where where that could go. So that and inspiring others. I mean, Aaron, that, that, that's you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> I, I agree, but that's exactly how I like it. I think I, I don't remember what I said, but I was joking with someone recently about like my grind is like constant, but I couldn't have it any other way. It, it needs to be that way. The same way I need to have the, you know, stressful day job in order to have a productive art career. I need to have that perpetual motion machine of things rebelling off each other. Mm. And and in the same way that uh, we said that uh, coding is art, so too maybe two uh, conflicting uh, or, or opposing uh, ways of conducting time. Uh, so too may those things benefit each other. So very cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Aaron Penne, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been another episode of the Decent People podcast by Essential Media. I'm your host, Steve Ladin. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking. Take care. That's it for this episode of Decent People. Thanks so much for listening. Check the show notes for more information on our guests today. And make sure to look us up on the web at decentral.io. That's D-E-C-E-N-T-I-A-L dot I-O and on Twitter at Decential. Have a great day.